previously on Boys in the Know. I remember <laughs> I was on the football team in seventh grade. I was a fourth string safety. I was a four, I was on fourth string. The only person in fourth string, by the way. They, they uh, created a string for you. They I think they just thought it was funny. Like I only played in a couple scrimmages. I weighed like seventy pounds or something. I was like four foot five, and I think they just thought it was funny that I was on the football team. They used to call me uh, like uh, Big Mike. That was like my football name. I actually quit the football team and the school's band on the same day. here in New York. I'm Brian Gumble. We understand that there has been a plane crash on the uh, southern tip of Manhattan. You're looking at the uh, World Trade Center. We understand that a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. We don't know anything more than that. We don't know if it was a commercial aircraft. Now by the entire ABC network, uh, Good Morning America was in progress in the East Coast and the Midwest, but we're joined by the entire network just to show you some pictures at the foot of New York City. This is at the World Trade Center. Obviously a major fire there, and there has been some sort of explosion. We don't fully know the details. There is one report, as of yet unconfirmed, that a plane has hit uh, the World Trade Center. And you can see that there is smoke there coming out of at least two sides of the building. So, where were you on 9-11? Where was I on 9-11? I guess I was in school. You were in school? Um, yeah, as, as many of us were at that age. I, I was in school, but I was in college. You were like 11, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in school. I was uh, there. Were, like our teacher was out in the in the hallway with some other teachers, and uh, this kid Craig McFeely. Mm, it sounds like he gropes. He was a he was a fucking uh, you know kiss ass you know teacher's pet person. He went out in the oh, okay. in the hallway to see what was going on, and he came back in, and I and he said with a lot of enthusiasm in his voice, uh, "Hey guys, someone just hijacked a plane and flew it into the Pentagon." The Pentagon is that the first one? No, but that's just the first he's just one. like he's like real late. But he was like he was like excited about it, and I guess none of us really knew what that meant. So we all I, thought it was cool. It sounds cool. Like <laughs> I would want to watch that or play that on PlayStation Two. Well, I wish you could watch it, but the footage is very spotty. Best one though, the fourth one, right? The the Let's Roll crew. Oh, that was that didn't even happen very far away from where I live, where that's, it actually crashed. That's uh, let's let's talk about it. It was like near Grove City. I don't remember where it crashed. It was like it was like uh, fifty miles away or something, but relatively close. I mean, it was just like a bunch of you know countryside separating that from where I was at. So yeah, the Let's Roll guys. Those guys are fucking badass, dude. They were just like no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of make everyone else who died on 9-11 look like a bitch. Everyone who was besides the guy who was the producer of Frasier? Yeah. Didn't he die? Yeah. Okay, that guy was cool, because Frasier's the shit. I'm not going to disparage the dead, but <clears throat> I can be disappointed in their lack of, like, gung-ho action style. Yeah, I mean, they kind of made everybody else look bad, like... However, they didn't actually save anyone's life on the plane. No! 
it, 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 it inspired a sick Neil Young song, though. Well, it's not his best. It's no uh, Cowgirl in the Sand. It's no Cortez the Killer. You know what I mean? It's like fucking Let's Roll on the Mount Rushmore of Neil Young songs. No. Okay, so the thing crashed near where you you lived. Yeah. Like right by your house. No. Okay. It was it was like it was maybe like an hour's drive away, but it was still it was still pretty close for. I mean, I guess you were closer. I was closer, but I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Physically, emotionally, I feel very distant yeah. from it. I, I was in college uh, on Long Island, so I wasn't exactly like in the city. I also did laundry that day. I'm more proud of that. Yeah, that's uh, that's grace under pressure right there. Just like folding socks while the fucking world is coming to an end. I knew the laundry room would be pretty empty. <laughs> <laughs> and it was. Mm. So that was probably maybe the first time I, I washed my clothes ever in college. <laughs> it was 9-11. It was like everything I had. Yeah. <laughs> I really needed it. So that kind of proximity to, to Let's Roll Boys and yeah. just, just the whole the whole thing was a big cultural event. Do you think that kind of like maybe, uh, you know, it's only a year out, you know? Do you think that maybe kind of got you on that path at all to maybe start thinking about like, well, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even an entire year uh, when I, I mean, 9-11 changed the way a lot of people thought about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like overnight. And uh, I did a little soul searching and I decided I, would gonna, I was going to go out for the football team. So I, I guess like a few months later, after that, we start a war. Yeah. Where we're out there. Right. And um, Pat Tillman quits the NFL uh, that the summer before you started yeah. to go fight in the war. Did you kind of feel like maybe like there was like a spot? I kind of. I, I mean, I, it's more that I feel like I was just sort of the opposite of Pat Tillman. You know, like okay. he he thought that military service was an honorable way to serve his country. Where I thought. Uh, uh, just being on the football team for most of an entire season in seventh grade would, would help. I think I made the right choice under the circumstances, but, you know, who knows if I had done something different, like if I had went out for, like, baseball, what, what... Yeah, why football? Why was it, like, I mean, was, do you, did you kind of feel, did you, like, kind of see Pat Tillman on the TV and kind of just feel like, like, oh, I got unfinished business, like... To be honest with you, around this time, I was, like, 12 years old, the Pat Tillman stuff was a little over my head. Uh, I, I honestly thought it might have been like a, a high contributing factor, but I have other ones here, so <laughs> so don't worry about no, it. No, I thought, well, you know, I always tried out for different sports teams when I was a kid. I played soccer for a while. I played yeah. uh, T-ball, played any, another, any other teams. <laughs> but no, but that, then, up to that point, later on... Soccer's I, just fucking football for European people. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I... I uh, yeah, but I don't know. I just thought, well, you know, maybe I'll go out for football. Uh, because um, that's one that I hadn't really tried, and it's a p really popular one. So maybe uh, yeah, maybe like that's one that I can really excel in okay. and serve my country that way. 
How glamorous is it to be dying of stage four cancer in prison and your son, who you adore, is on the other side and you haven't, you, you can't be with him or the rest of your family. How, how glamorous, is it, glamorous is it, all these stressful court cases and, and uh, th this is a group that lived on a cliff. Do you know? I mean, the glamorous part is they had a sexy life, but I mean, underneath that, I mean, let's look at it. You know, honestly, I think this 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 film looks at it for the first time in a very truthful way. And I agree. And you have to look at it from this perspective. My father did make it look glamorous because he looked glamorous. He was handsome. He was easy to look at. He was erect. His hair was perfectly coiffed. His clothes were tailor-made, custom-made. Okay, nobody had the same suit my father had. Nobody had the same tie my father had. We made sure of that. We wanted him always to be special, okay? And he carried it in a special way. However, what most people don't know is that he spent, as my brother Peter said, so many thousands of meals alone in his cell, eating that meal by himself. Yep. He spent 10 years, 10 years in solitary confinement, his last days handcuffed to a bed, and if I show you his death certificate, he choked on his own blood and vomit. That's when he died. He suffocated because all the muscles were corroded and, co and, and collapsed around his throat. So he suffocated on his own vomit and blood, okay? I don't call that glamorous. The mob. The mob, yeah. They had their fingers in everything, especially in the 90s. I don't know if that's something that was also over your head as a young child, hmm. but I know um, one of the things, you know, they would have, uh, you know, they'd fix NFL games and stuff like that. And I, I kind of feel like kind of like poisoned the culture of football. That summer, John Gotti died in jail. Do you think that that was like a big a big factor for you to know that was like- Was that in 2001 or 2002? 2002. 2002. Yeah, like I kind of feel like maybe that like opens like, for me, it's like before then, I would be afraid to start football. During all of high school, to me, it was always in the back of my head, what if the mob shakes me down? What if they want me to take a dive? And then I look like an asshole, I ruin a Super Bowl. That kind of stuff, you gotta factor that in when you're thinking about your future. Do you think that maybe, now that John Gotti was dead, maybe you've kind of felt like maybe free to pursue football, like pure football, untainted by the mafia? I think that's quite an insight, yeah. <laughs> No, but I mean, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. That football can be dangerous, and it can be in a, a little, lot of ways. It can be a little scary, you know. I mean, it's it's a pretty intensely physical sport. Have you seen the Newport sign that we have here? Uh, yeah, this, yeah. This episode of Boys in the Know is brought to you by Newport. Alive with pleasure. Yeah, alive. You don't want to have a situation like that and uh, feel like uh, I don't know. You just might be killed for 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 something. Yeah, they put the um, literally what they do is. They put your feet in a like a bucket, mm. and then they fill it with cement. And that doesn't then it, sound so bad. And well, look, and then it hardens. Yeah. And you you're you're basically wearing cement shoes, and they Ooh. just throw you in the river. It sounds like you would you might sink. You you die almost every time. You know, I don't think anyone's ever survived that. So for me, it's like I want I wanted to play football. But I wasn't so keen on the cement shoes. But I mean, you you know, you were like from New York. I was from rural Pennsylvania. Maybe like it wasn't as big of a thing. It's so intense. I, I don't really think. I don't really think. Uh, you don't think they had people there? I didn't. I didn't hear about that happening in my in my seventh grade high school program or middle school program. See, when maybe it in like a bigger school like Pittsburgh or something like schools in Pittsburgh that may have happened. I'd already dropped out. I have no idea how school handled it. I was already like free and clear. That summer, by the summer of 2002, I was already a never going to school again guy, which yeah. is crazy. The juxtaposition was like you're just like kind of really 
getting into the meaty last shitty five or six years of it. Right, right, right. They're just they're just awful, and you're you're just starting. So there's a little little bit about our age discrepancy. All right, um, let me ask you. You're known you're known for having some controversial lyrics. <laughs> And so on your albums, you know, for having some controversial lyrics, um, what do you think that people are going to find most controversy in, in your upcoming album, the Eminem show? Uh, that's hard to tell. Like, there's certain things that I know that will, will push buttons, and there's certain things that end up on my albums that push more buttons than I thought was going to. So, like, it's... it's kind of unpredictable like I just you have an idea is there anything is there one song or one lyric one verse that you're like ah wow probably the Dick Cheney sh like that one? seems to be like the, the popular consensus so Ooh. far uh, the, the Dick Cheney and Mrs. Cheney and, and oh okay those things but um that seems to be you know I just I sit back I make my music and then and then I kind of watch the wave of what happens it's kind of fun to watch Music. Music, yeah. You've always had a really special connection to music. And um, I remember you bringing up uh, when you were first uh, joining the team, one of the things that you guys would uh, listen to is Eminem. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Eminem, it was around the time that the Eminem show was released. Yeah, uh, the big song that summer actually was Without Me. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, so there's a line, uh, lyric in that song um, A visionary, vision is scary. Could start a revolution, polluting the airwaves, a rebel. So, so let me just revel and bask in the fact that I got everyone kissing my ass. Yeah. Did you kind of feel like that a little bit? Like you kind of like you got you, you were at the front door. You were about to knock on like a. It wasn't just and this is I want to get into this. It wasn't just football, music, music, drums, yeah. drugs. I mean drums. Uh, oh, okay. Oh yeah, drums. Yeah, you were high on drums. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's something that uh, we hadn't discussed so far. Like around yeah. around the time. Well, since I was in fourth grade, which I don't even know they call it a band in the fourth grade. They shouldn't. But I, <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the fourth grade, I started taking drum lessons, and basically I just learned how to play the snare drum and a little like bass drum you hit from the side, and uh, like sometimes a cymbal. And uh, I was—it was not a good period of my life, though. I feel like uh, in general, uh, maybe I'm more interested in. Uh, in a melody than just straight rhythm. Oh, okay, so maybe it wasn't it wasn't the exact right fit for you. But even then, like I've got a guitar that I never play. I just don't think I'm I'm keen to play music. Well, yeah, but at the time, I still wasn't even then. I don't even know why I went. Oh, okay, no, that's interesting. I think I think or in the head, were you kind of like dreaming of like the gridiron? You know, like you're hitting your snare, but you're like you're thinking. Well, maybe it was like a confluence of both things. Because as I practiced my snare drum for about twelve minutes a week. And that's it. <laughs> that's all I wanted to do because I didn't want to play it. Yeah, and I'm sure your parents were very happy about that. I was on the school. I was in the school band. I think they were happy that I wasn't playing the snare drum all the time. But I think that they were um, maybe somewhat uh, disappointed that uh, I wasn't taking it seriously at all. Or I understand that. Were they paying any money? For this, or was this like through like your school? Not really. I mean, they paid for me to get the drum, which I don't know really how well, much that costs. Yeah. But uh, um, that's like in lieu of like a present you would have liked, though, right? It's not like it like. No, I mean I wanted it at the time. I, like I wanted to take drum lessons, but I had to get my own drum. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> but then I just I lost interest right away. But then I felt just locked in, and I felt weird about quitting. By <laughs> the time you got to football, you were still doing the band stuff. I was still in the band. I was I was uh, roundly considered to be uh, the worst drummer in the band. Really? Yeah, I was not very good. <laughs> was it your lack of passion? I think that my lack of passion was a strong factor. Yeah, because I I wouldn't be so quick to dismiss you just like based solely on talent. I feel like I see you, I feel like you're a powder keg of, of potential. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I just didn't practice very much. I just didn't really think about it very much. Right. A lot of the people who drummed really took it seriously, so. Sure. Uh. I, just, I just happened to be in the same room. And by the way, in the drum, or in the band class, there was a band class. Okay. And I forget how it was basically graded, but yeah, for I some <laughs> reason my grades were not very good in a class that was very difficult to do badly, and I don't think I ever failed. I imagine participation mattered mostly. I feel it's really cruel to like kind of like be like, you have no aptitude for music, so you fail this class because you tried right, something. Right. That's really shitty. I had a similar experience playing the saxophone in sixth grade oh, yeah? with uh, uh, my teacher, Miss Buzarte. Buzarte. I think that was her name. It's uh, a really funny name. I know, right? So I'm pretty sure I'm remembering it correctly because, like, <laughs> it's a fucking hilarious name. Right. And um, she tried to, like, convince me, like, hey, like, what kind of music do you like? And I'm like, nothing with a saxophone in it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I like, like, jazz and some ska, whatever. But, like, in my mind, I'm like, this is a useless piece of garbage I'm holding. Like, I it didn't feel like it was an applicable skill. But now, I, I live in New Orleans, and I could just be walking down the street blowing on a shitty saxophone, and that could be my whole deal. And I'd, it could be, like, your only job. And I'm, I feel a little fucked up about it, because if I knew how to play the saxophone now, I actually would have something that sort of fits in, and that I could like, make money off of that isn't like, um, you know, what I do now, which is work at a factory up on a hill. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. You, you never, like, pictured yourself being, like, a, a dual, like, you know, like, I drum, and I play football. I like to fantasize a lot. I get in my own head a lot. As you were doing both of these activities, did you ever envision your future involving one or either or neither? Like, how did you feel about that? Do you have any football fantasies? You gotta understand, I feel like this is something that hasn't really been covered so far. They let me on the football team, but I didn't have to try out for it. No one had Oh, to that is, I it. have that question there. That's actually coming up. Uh, I'm almost there, actually. We, we'll talk about that. All right, well, well, hold up. All right, so, what you, there. All right so what you got? Well, yeah, I said, did you envision yourself doing both going forward? Did you know you wouldn't be able no, to? No, I mean, I, I didn't, no, not really. No, okay, that's fine. It's literally the next question. Take me through the tryout process for both, and which was more grueling? Okay, there was no tryout process for either one. Okay, so neither grueling. Now, okay, so that did happen in high school. Okay. They didn't just let any old person who could sign up for it be on the band or the football team. But in seventh grade, it was a little different. Okay. Um, in seventh grade, uh, you could sign up to be on the football team, and then they'd let you be on the football team. Similar with band. So, <laughs> so, uh, um, but I was on the football team, and it was uh, a pretty interesting thing, because uh, for my height and weight, it would have been relatively fine for band. Give me your stats. Uh, 
I was approximately like four foot six, and I weighed about eighty pounds. I was, I was, I was, I was on the football team, and I remembered uh, we had like a like a training camp or something okay. before the school year even started. It was two weeks before the school year started. We basically just had to go out on this practice field and just do like certain drills and stuff, and you know, exercise and you know, try to tackle each other or something and run laps and all that. And, uh... Well, you weren't a fat kid, so... I, I was, I was, yeah, but I mean, I wasn't like, I was like skeletal, you know? Right, so... <laughs> does that lead to an explosive athlete is probably what I'm trying to ask. Because, like, I know, like, my journey through sports was showing up too fat and full of asthma yeah. to do anything. But that doesn't seem to be your journey. Well, see, you know, I didn't have a problem doing a lot of the uh, the things that uh, we had to do, like like running and, um, be, I don't know, stuff like that. But when it came to anything, like, like in terms of, like, endurance, you know, like, yeah. I, could, I could do that. But in terms of anything that was, like, practical to playing football, I was very, uh, had no skill at all. <laughs> like... <laughs> And and in some cases, Can you watch like, it even. Um, I, I like you mean like yeah, you like, know, I like or whatever. Yeah, or like did you were you like, was it like were you interested in activity? Or were you already a fan? Like how are you approaching? Like oh, I got to show up to this camp, but like why? Because it was a thing to do, or because it was like something you were you liked? I took I did wrestling because I liked like WCW yeah. growing up, and like it wasn't the same shit at all, mm. and. Uh, you know, that was disappointing. I mean, no, I mean, as I said earlier, it was those uh, Flight 93 uh, Let's Roll folks. Yeah, yeah. They, they really inspired me to, uh, like, you know how, like, for a while, like, I mean, I guess it's still kind of going on that, like, football was uh, sort of associated with, like, uh, patriotism. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's been uh, a bit of a lightning rod lately, but yeah. I mean, it just seemed like it was like it was like God and country and the NFL. Yeah. And uh, I mean, today's the first day the Saints played, full disclosure, they lost. But they only lost by eight. Sure. People on the streetcar were very upset. It was 48 to eight. They got, they, it was 48 to 40. Yeah, 48 to eight would be fucking <laughs> horrible. <laughs> but they, they still got 40 points. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, I, I, I wasn't watching it, but. All right, so. Were you? I, no. Okay. I slept through most of it. We lost, we lost, that's what we won. The season is not over. Right, we could get it started, man. It's not over. We lost week one. We're just warming up. We're just warming up, but look. The last four years we lost week one, so it doesn't matter. We're getting the tears up. I'm not worried about cheating. I'm talking about the game. <laughs> I know one thing. We win next week. And we need, hey, we need, we need y'all to pull for Dallas over Carolina, all right? Hell no. We need y'all to be, we need y'all to turn the Cowboy fans to play Carolina. So we need to be Cowboy fans. Atlanta lost Thursday. All right, so. We need, we lost today, so we need, we need Carolina to lose too. Everybody be on one. All right, so this is damage control. We, we, we doing damage control now. We want Carolina to lose. I hate damage, but I have to love them today, all right? So I need y'all to love them too. Yours you want. Y'all love, y'all love, y'all love damage today, all right? I know. We have to. Cowboys, that's what we are going to do. <laughs> but we, I mean, we, 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 we
we got the big picture. They play Carolina. I, I, we hate Carolina, right? Uh, you know what they wanted to have me do? No. I think I was only, I was only on the football team as a joke anyway, but it was fun for everybody involved. Well, as long as everybody had fun. I don't feel like anyone was making fun of me necessarily, but it was, uh, they thought that it was sort of weird that I was there. Do you so, have mascots? They couldn't just dress you up like a, no. like a cougar? Have you dance around? But anyway, I, I was, they, they initially wanted me to be a lineman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they really were having a lot of fun. <laughs> um... Yeah, but you were fourth string, right? You ended up being- I was fourth string. I was a safety. I only played in one scrimmage. I didn't play in any games. However, we had a perfect season that year. We didn't win a single game. And so I sort of wonder, maybe if coach put me in, maybe we wouldn't have got a W there. But does it haunt you? Uh, it haunts me every day and night. Yeah, because that, that would drive me crazy. Because like, you don't really know where you fit into that equation if they didn't even like plug you in i mean you know sometimes uh you, you, these stories happen all the time of you know guys who were football stars in high school or something who had were like really successful they were like all state whatever yeah and then uh you know they score like the winning touchdown at this like big final game of the year and uh then um all of a sudden they're like 43 and they're still like that's like the most glorious thing that's ever happened. Sure, yeah. And it's sort of pathetic in a way. It's kind of it's kind of sad. I feel like I'm I'm worse than that because I didn't even get my big moment. That's not that's not fair. I think <laughs> I don't know. I didn't I didn't know that. I mean, I don't talk about it a lot because it's really painful. So basically, you show up into the you show up to the camp. <laughs> They think it's adorable. Yeah. They make up a string for you. And yeah, I'm the only person on the fourth string. Right, yeah, that, that's something like, fourth yeah. string, if, to, to our listeners at home, I don't know if it goes all the How many strings are there usually in a team? Like, two or three. Two or, like, three seems like, whoa, you're third string, that's like an insult. Yeah, I was fourth string. I was the only person on the fourth string, but I was friends with everybody. I was, like, on good social terms with most people. Ex yeah. Except... And this is an interesting anecdote. I actually liked hanging out with the with the with the like jockey people better than the band people uh, at that point in my life because uh, I just dealt with the band people and like they all sort of looked down on me for my lack of dedication to anything. <laughs> but the jocks kind of liked me because I like made jokes and shit. So, oh, yeah, you were funny. <laughs> so it was it was it was like more satisfying hanging out with them in certain ways. Um, but but not intellectually probably not intellectually but but in terms of oh, just or twelve now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so what's gonna be more fun right yeah in terms of just like I don't know just like jokes about like blowjobs and farts and stuff it was, <laughs> it, uh, it was did, did you kind of feel like trapped between those two worlds did you ever like did you ever show up with your snare drum like under your arm and you're like in your football <laughs> you know Laura Russell, like, sorry guys we're like, setting yeah. it up everyone's just like. Where the fuck were you, man? Like, we yeah, yeah, need yeah. your uh, arrhythmic percussion. Uh, I felt, you know, it was like living in two worlds, you know? There was yeah. one, there was one that was like, uh, was like, uh, you know, it was like Beethoven on one end and uh, O.J. Simpson on the other. And where, <laughs> where, where, where do I fit, you know? O.J. Simpson is the football player we've talked about the most in depth on the show. So that's uh, a very well, good I, mean, I think that kind of shows like how, how little this is a sports podcast. <laughs> Right, yeah, <laughs> currently it is not much of one, but but I, think, I mean after this episode, I think uh, it's gonna change. It's gonna 
turn some heads. Yeah. And that's what I'm all about. Um, um, so, did you feel that anything uh, started to, like, maybe suffer because you're kind of being, like, king shit of fuck mountain with these two big things? Like, you got, like, you got your fucking... And, like, you're not even, like... Like, you're, you're on the gridiron. You're pounding it out with the band. Where yeah. do you find time for, like, home... Like, how are your grades? Are, are, what about your dating life? I mean, you're you're just probably now starting to really want to do that, right? Or not yet? <laughs> <laughs> is it not even on the table because you're just too busy? Well, you know, I mean, it is true that, uh, you know, I probably wasn't focusing enough on my classes. Okay. And I... And I you know, wasn't uh, focusing enough on uh, pounding them asses. Yeah. I was but, uh, <laughs> uh, and to be honest, I wasn't really focused too much on football or band either. Oh, wow. But I was spending, <laughs> but I was spending a, a fair amount of time, like, dealing with them. So, uh, <laughs> like, your body was there. Yeah, I was physically there, but I really wasn't that interested uh, for most of the time. I, uh, Were you that checked out like the whole time? <laughs> you were always like, I'm going to make some jokes. I'm going to sit on this bench because they're not going to call me. Right. Well, I did. The, the one scrimmage I played in, I also. Yeah, I need to hear. <laughs> I, played, I played very uh, little in that. I was a fourth. They eventually made me a safety to see in a defensive position. Right. I'm supposed to tackle them motherfuckers. And um, obviously, the people that I'm supposed to be tackling. Uh, way up to twice as much of me, if not more, you know, if sure, weighed like 80 pounds. I was going to say, that's like 170, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I didn't want to do that. Yeah, I like... Mean, I didn't actually want to play, I guess, at the, at the end of the day. I... Well, I think I was just kind of gooning around, really, because the one scrimmage I played in, the, the coach had to explain to me what to do on the field, and it wasn't a real game or whatever, but they was like, all right, so what you need to do is, like, that way... There's likely going to be like an opening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Might not be, but there, but there, but there probably will be. And uh, what you want to do is run through that opening if it's there, and if someone's holding the football, try to knock them over. <laughs> and I was like afraid of doing that. And the coach said, "Look, no one's gonna tackle you. <laughs> no one would ever tackle you because you don't have the ball. You, it's your job just to tackle the guy who has the ball." And yeah, that's a good point. You have nothing. <laughs> you realize that the only person that matters is the one with the ball. Right. And I almost feel that's crazy that someone had to explain that to you. Hey, Mike, how do you feel about our social media? Oh, you know, I feel great about it. Check it out sometime, uh, now, Heads. It's, uh, you know... Uh, <laughs> Facebook.com backslash boys in a no, boys in a no dot tumblr dot com. Follow me on Twitter at Joe Somar, J O E S O M A R. Mike, he does not do Twitter. He's told me that numerous times. Me on Facebook. From about the age of like nine to uh, like 16, like for those seven years as a student, uh, I was extremely uh, disruptive. <laughs> I uh, really wanted to uh, just sort of uh, whatever was going on, whatever sort of like world that the teacher was trying to create or what the student culture was trying to create, I was trying to absolutely destroy. 
<laughs> and you're a disruptor. You can't help it. Yeah, and I was, you know, for the purposes of humor mostly, but uh, mo- I just kind of felt like this, like like a sort of like deep sense of uh, of uh, cultural rebellion that I that I couldn't. Uh, was the joke for you, or did you want everyone to laugh too? Uh, it depend. It really depended. Like if everyone else laughed too, it was fine. But <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> but anyway, I used to get penalized for this uh, pretty standardly, and I was completely unrepentant every time because I never did anything that was uh, criminal in any sense. Right. I would just do things that uh, were uh, just like ah, that little fucker, you know, that kind of <laughs> that kind of stuff. So eventually. By the time I was in middle school, they sent me uh, to, um, they didn't even send me to the principal's office anymore. They started sending me to the guidance counselor. Oh, they're they that, thought, that concerned. They yeah. thought maybe I really just needed uh, some, uh, someone to just like talk some sense into me. You know what? That's so funny. I also got in that level of trouble in school where yeah. like they just like, they, they knew that discipline never worked. Yeah. Um, they knew writing notes home didn't have an effect because I would intercept them. I got home before my mom. Yeah. I was just like, rip. Like, I don't got to read this. She's not going to ask where my grades are. My mom didn't get grades from me from the, like, she didn't get a report card from me the last two years I went to school and she never noticed. By the end, I was a little offended. I can't understand that being offensive. Like, like at first I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And then like by the end I'm like, why the fuck does she not notice that she has not seen an assessment of me in like years? Yeah, what yeah, do yeah. Do you think I'm a good student? Cause you wouldn't even know. You don't even know what I'm doing in school. Yeah. And you're just like, you still have opinions of me as a student, but you haven't seen a fucking report card in two years? That's bananas. But she would do it. And she'd be like, you gotta pay more attention. Like, says who? Says a report card you read three years ago? The, the new ones were saying the same thing. She just wasn't seeing it. <laughs> when did it start to unravel? <laughs> well, no, I mean, okay. I, what I wanted to say, though, the point okay. of that is the guidance counselor I was being sent yes. to all the time was also the coach of the football team. What? So I think that is That's an like when, interesting uh, you, aspect. You're not allowed to operate on your son <laughs> if you're a surgeon. Right. I don't think uh, that he should be allowed to operate on your brain when he's your football dad. No, but in a way it was kind of good because uh, we sort of understood each other on a different level. But at the same time, <laughs> I this was the beginning of middle school. So it was like later on yeah. over the next two years that I was sent to him all the time to mm. uh, discuss my um, uh, personal uh Issues, I guess, Did or whatever. Did he treat you better because uh, he knew you from football? You think? I think I treated him worse because I knew him from football. I think. <laughs> oh I tra- wow! I think no, but I mean, I think I treated the whole situation more casually and like was more like willing to joke about with him. Okay. Um, which I don't think was really. I think was frustrating for him in the end. Um, <laughs> but but it, I don't know. It kind of had a dynamic in the beginning, mm. and. Um, Hi, I'm Jack Black, and I'm hosting Saturday Night Live this week with musical guest King Kong. Ooh. I mean, Neil Young. I got him on the brain.
Let's get to the truth of it. I never played in a game, but there were also there were also players who were like stars of the team who thought that I was kind of a bitch. Not very many of them. I was largely embraced. Were, were, they, vo were they vocal about it? Was they, they make them weirdly unpopular? Like these two guys don't get Mike. These guys suck. You know, but they're like, oh, I just want to play football. What's this little fucking Rudy Pipsqueak ruining everything? It was kind of—I don't know what it was really, but like uh, the fact that I would never really practice and that I never played in a game and. I had these like extra small helmets, but I had a college or like, extra extra small like jersey and pads and stuff. But I had like a college sized helmet because I had like a I had, like an adult sized head, but like a, with like a kindergarten body. Woo, baby! Like Marvin <laughs> the Martian, and uh, I I don't know. They just like they generally didn't like me. Um, I remember we were at a game one time, and one of the players had a concussion. It was like one of the best players on the team, and he was like walked off or something like crying. And I thought, oh, he's the bitch now. He's crying because he bumped his fucking head. <laughs> he's like one of the handful of dudes who didn't like you. But anyway, so let's see where this all unraveled. Basically, the football season was almost over. The school, like, Christmas concert thing, about a month and a half away. I uh, was spending a lot of time doing both of those things for the past several months and having no interest in necessarily doing it any of that time. I found certain aspects of both of them fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we can only combine them in the one activity. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I found like actually doing what I'm supposed to be doing to be not fun. Uh, but I found uh, doing things related kind of tangentially to them to be like sort of amusing. But I was kind of, <laughs> I kind of was just like, I don't want to do anything anymore. I'm just sort of, I'm sort of stressed. Do they ever pressure you to take steroids? No, but actually a guy who was in the seventh grade... Uh, team, the next year they had a perfect season the other way where they won every game. Okay. And they went to these like state finals, and uh, one of the players on that team uh, actually did take steroids. He was, uh, and, like, and, and I guess eighth grade or seventh. Yeah, eighth grade. So a junior high school guy just was like, time to get on the gear. Yeah. Got a. I don't know what Woo! he was thinking. That sounds like fucking ridiculous to me, but I don't know. See, I was hoping you'd have something for that, man, because I feel like they I mean, I was gotta like, start them early. <laughs> I wasn't really connected to the fucking. Uh, uh, I'm not asking for an expose. I'm just wondering if someone's just like, hey, you're looking a little small. There's like a syringe. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, um, <laughs> no, but it was funny. All right, so I. Uh, <clears throat> Now, That's why would someone get arrested for pornography unless it was illegal pornography? Well, maybe too much of it. Let's see. In November 2002, while filming David LaChapelle's video for Elton John's <laughs> This Train Don't Stop There Anymore, Ru while he was doing this, Rubens, Paul Rubens, learned <laughs> that uh, police were at his home with a search warrant. That's bad news. Oh, man, that sucks. Acting on a tip from a waitress in the pornography case against uh, actor Jeffrey Jones. And anyway, Paul Rubens' house was searched in connection to that case. Okay. And they found 70,000 items of kitsch memorabilia. Two grainy videotapes and dozens of photographs that the city's attorney's office characterized as a collection of child pornography. I don't know. So, there you go. <laughs> I'm on the fence. He turned himself into the Hollywood division of the LAPD mm. and was charged with possession of obscene material improperly depicting a child under the age of 18 in sexual conduct. Which begs the question, yeah. how do you properly depict a child under the age of 18 in sexual con conduct? 
In 2002, <laughs> uh, towards the end of the year, around what we're talking about, yeah. uh, it's when Pee Wee Herman gets arrested for child pornography charges. Uh, now, didn't that hurt? Did that... Did that... New, you know, we discussed that uh, John Gotti didn't really do much for you. Uh, Pat Tillman, who I'm shocked to find out wasn't your like, main inspiration in life. What about Pee Wee Herman getting... Uh, Getting shut down for kitty porn. You 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 remembered it off the top of your head in a previous episode, so I feel like I must have fucked you up pretty bad. Um. Well, I mean, listen, Paul Rubin masturbating in a theater, you know. He did. That was fine. I it was it was wrong. Yeah, but it wasn't. <laughs> it was it was it was deviant behavior. It was in a very deviant place. Um. However, uh, the you know when he got charged with that, I was like, man, this guy's a real deviant. And then it makes the whole Pee Wee Herman character seem really fucking creepy and weird. Right, so you're kind of thinking, what the fuck am I doing? Like, what is, uh, what is yeah. anything? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of was thinking uh, maybe uh, maybe being a, like a classically trained musician isn't the path for me. Neither is uh, being a Heisman Trophy uh, fourth string safety. So I, I, uh, I decided that I was going to quit both. <laughs> and we're kind of getting into the climax of the story now. Yeah, where I, uh, alright, so, um, basically, uh, Mr. Habarka, if I'm remembering this correctly, Mr. Habarka, I mean, I, I do remember correctly that he was, like, the band leader. And he was a dog. He was, uh, no, that's... And I was excited that you had such a progressive school. Yeah, well, anyway, he he was a... Uh, oh, you know, he had a substitute teacher one day who was this guy named uh, Mr... Ah, uh, oh, I forget his name, but he, he got... He, this is a bonus little fact. He was struck by lightning several times, and it gave him narcolepsy, so he would often fall asleep what uh, during f- class. <laughs> um, but one day, he, uh, he, he, he uh, was, like, directing the band, and... Uh, he, uh, like, fell asleep doing that, and it was really funny. And I also had no idea what he was doing. He was just, like, he was just a fucking batshit old man. He looked like a combination of, uh, like, uh, like, old, older, like, Charles Darwin and, um, and, uh, I don't know, just some fucking crackpot at a bus stop. Just some crackpot at a bus stop with a long beard. Love to get him on the show. Seems exploitative if we do. <laughs> we'll work that out. Alright. But anyway, <laughs> Mr. Abarka... Mr. Abarka, he uh, was criticizing me. I was like fucking around. I was like, I, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a loose cannon. I, I, I am my own man here. Yeah. So I was uh, playing the drums however I wanted to play them in this wild fit of uh, creative rebellion, throwing everybody off. And I got in trouble for that. It wasn't the first time that I'd done it, because uh, sometimes I like to fuck up the whole band. You would just go out of your way to sabotage everyone else who was taking it seriously. I should, well... No, just, I mean, that's what you were doing. I'm just like, but it's like, <laughs> I get it. It's, it's impish and fun when you do it. So I said that he was yelling at me, and I said, I don't even want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I unceremoniously quit the band. I resigned. And Did then, you spike like, the sticks? Like, no, ah! no. He just told me to go to the office, and I said, okay. <laughs> so I, I went to the office, and uh, when I got there, I had to talk to Mr. M, who was the guidance counselor. He just went by Mr. M because his hard, last name was hard to pronounce. Was it like Polish? It was like uh, I don't know. I think it was I think it was actually German or something. It was like yeah, Meisenhelter or something. Oh yeah, fuck that. Um, Mr. M, it is. Mr. M, 
who I got to call him Mr. M, but uh, really I knew him as Coach M, right? Because he's a football coach. Coach M. So I go down there and he talks to me about that and I say, uh, you know what? I just didn't care about being in the band. I didn't. I didn't really like it. I didn't really put any time into it, and uh, I generally didn't feel like I fit in at all. And he said, uh, "All right, well, that's fine." And I said, "You know what? I want to quit the football team too." While we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> and and he said, "Really? I mean, we, we only have like a few weeks left." And I said, "Yeah, but there's a game tonight." Like I don't, and I don't even want to be at it. I don't even want to go. Like I'm so sick of going to these fucking games. Blow some steam. Come back. See how you feel. No, I just, I mean, like, basically, he just didn't, like, make me come. It wasn't like they were losing a huge asset to the team. But on the way to class at the end of the day, I, uh, oh, yeah, we got to leave school early. That was the cool thing. Oh, and you're just like, I don't want to leave early. I said, well, I didn't want to, I just didn't want to go anymore. It was just getting to be so annoying to just go to these football games every week and just, like, watch my people that I kind of know play football against people that uh, maybe I've like uh, I would have known also if I lived in that town I don't know it just seemed the whole thing seemed kind of pointless and I couldn't really get into any of the games and there was no one to talk to like emotionally everyone, you should every, be taking notes man <laughs> so anyway so then I, I just I said I'm not going to go to this one you know I don't really want to I passed this kid named uh, Jordan Fee and he, he was like getting ready to leave and I was going to my regular class and he said hey man where are you going you gotta go this way and, he, and I said I'm not going and he said what? Why? And I said, I quit. He said, Big Mike. They call me Big Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said that earlier. I said, like, come on, Big Mike. And I said, I just, I just don't want to. And You broke that guy's heart. He was like, all right. He walked away. I never talked to him again. <laughs> I don't blame him. We actually kind of got to be, like, sort of friends on the football team. You ruined I think, it. I think I ruined it. I never, ever talked to him again. You have to realize that part of the charm was you sticking to it. Hmm. So I think once you're like, I don't even want to do it, I was like, oh, he's just a little bitch now. I don't mean that like mean, but, like, I'm sure they kind of, like, <laughs> you were throwing away the bomb. Because they did sort of, like, for the most part, except for the guy who broke his neck or got a concussion or whatever. Yeah, fuck him. Fuck him. <laughs> and fuck everyone who was like him. But everybody who on the team was there to, like, who was embracing you, I'm sure they were a little let down. This is why I hate working with other people. <laughs> it's like, no, let me just fail. That's a, that's a good point. I haven't really thought about it from that angle. I guess I did uh, kind of, you know, in those, uh, what, it must have been maybe three months, unlikely friendships were forged that uh, were never really rehabilitated after I decided I didn't want to go to fucking New Wilmington that night. And <laughs> what, What's left, though, that's all you guys had was Wilmington and uh, M&M. There were a couple other games. But yeah, M&M. <laughs> I mean, it was an interesting thing being in the football team because, like, before... Like a home game, especially in the locker room, we'd like blast like Eminem or Lincoln Park. We'd just be like, it's like getting like pumped up, you know. And uh, it was uh, we were alive with pleasure, uh, <laughs> you know. It was it was kind of exciting, you know. The smell of a locker room—it's got this weird smell. It's more, mostly the smell of like the pads for some reason. They just like have this weird like fragrance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, had some laughs. Uh, uh, talked about how. Some of us might get laid eventually. I bet everyone did. I, it'd be hard to imagine, like, no, like, there being even, like, one person who hasn't had sex yet from that. That was, like, 16 years ago, and they were all fairly athletic. Like, I've gotten laid, and I was, like, yeah, just a fucking skeleton. 
They really sucked at sports and music. <laughs> two, two, two things that are like really uh, like good skills to have if you want to get laid. I <laughs> oh, I was so sure. bad. Like I, the only thing the only thing I've ever been good at is just like thinking about things to say, and <laughs> I mean like not even. <laughs> you know, like I'd be like good, nah. <laughs> like that's my whole life. Like should I? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> so you know the Saints played today. It was the, the first game of the season. Um, as we're kind of wrapping this up. Uh, is there a party that feels that should be you suiting up with them instead of yakking with a turd like me? <clears throat> you never know how life's going to go. Right. Sometimes things happen, and sometimes they don't. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, it's really... It's like an Almond Joy Mounds kind of thing. Right. And sometimes you take what happens, and you accept it on its own terms. And sometimes you look at back, you look at what didn't happen. I've literally never done that. And, and you and you think about all the times that it could have happened, mm. how your life may have actually been better if it did, mm-hmm. and how the fact that it that it or nothing similar to that happened to you is probably your fault. Um, but knowing that almost paralyzes you from doing anything to correct against it. So I mean, it's complicated. You and I <laughs> have a little bit of a difference, bro. <laughs> you and I travel through the beat of a different draw. Can't tell by Every time you make eyes at me 